Hey, what's going on? It's your Tuesday episode of Locked on Raptors. And on today's show, it's just me breaking down the Toronto Raptors 106-100 win over the Atlanta Hawks, a game that showed just how terrifying the Raptors' starting five can be and really, I think, continues to hammer home the point that this is a team worth adding to at the trade deadline. We will dig into that. We will talk about Gary Trent Jr., who was unbelievable once again, 30-plus points for the fourth straight game. And we will talk all about why this is the time, specifically for the Raptors, to start thinking about expediting their building process. We're going to get to that on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for being here. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to episode number 1108 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, February the 1st. Holy crap, it's February. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And, of course, you can find the podcast free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms in audio form. Or you can go to YouTube and hit that big, fat, red subscribe button on the Locked On Raptors YouTube page and support the show by subscribing there. It is very much appreciated when you do that, and it's very much appreciated that you make Locked On Raptors your first listen every day. All right, on today's show, we've got a lot to dig into after the Raptors beat the Trey Youngless Atlanta Hawks last night, 106-100 in Atlanta. Still a good win as the Raptors continue on this nexus of Eastern Conference teams they're playing in repeater fashion. <laughs> they're through the first half of their Hornets, Hawks, Bulls, Heat uh, quartet that they're going to be doubling up with in their next four games. And they're 3-1 and one so far, which is very very exciting. And even though there was no Trey Young last night, I think you can point to last night's win as a good one because the Hawks were red hot coming in. They had won seven straight and have a lot of good players on their team, even without Trey Young. The whole reason everyone thought the Hawks would be good coming into this year, I thought they'd be like the three seed. It's because of all the good players they have up and down the roster. DeAndre Hunter's back looking good and all of that. Uh, and so, you know, this was a nice win. We're going to dig into why it was a nice win and why I think it continues to hammer home the point that we've been making for a little while, both myself and Vec Jacob yesterday, like this is a team you buy for, man. This is a team you add to. We'll dig into that. We've got Gary Trent Jr. to talk about in the dude of the game segment to close things out as well, because boy, oh boy, that dude is on a heater. But we should start today's show by digging into the Raptors starting five and the way we're starting to see that group congeal. Look, the numbers are still noisy. It's not at all a representative sample. I don't think there were some noisy games at the start of their run together as Pascal Siakam was just getting acclimated. And, you know, since then, they've been playing some really tough games. It's been hard to pad that net rating necessarily against all the good teams they've been playing in these close, lately decided games. But we're starting to see the eye test really match what you would think that this five-man group can be capable of, particularly on the defensive end. I mean, right now on defense, that five-man group of Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes just looks ter terrific when they really get going. When the third quarter of this Hawks game was really where we saw what the peak vision of that starting five can be in similar fashion to what we saw in the middle of that Heat game, for example, when they really looked, they re looked like they were going to blow it open. 
know, the Raptors are kicking ass in third quarters. As of yesterday, they had a plus 6.5 net rating in third quarters. There was a chart going around. I cannot remember from who, uh, but the Raptors were one of the best third quarter teams in the league. And I think that all speaks to this starting five really starting to click with one another. On defense, they're on a string. Pascal Siakam is cleaning up every single mess that comes his way. He was amazing again last night, 25, 6, and 4, two blocks, two steals. He's just all over the place, cleaning up all kinds of messes. And honestly, I thought Scotty Barnes in this one was really impressive too. And, and Barnes continues to be the reason why I really believe in this small ball starting five. Small ball, quote unquote. Scotty Barnes, I made the point last night. I mean, that guy is bigger than most centers. He's as big as Clint Capella. He is enormous. He takes up a ton of space. He's incredibly strong. He doesn't get moved off his spots. There are maybe like seven or eight centers in the NBA who I would say, yes, that guy definitely has a physical advantage over Scotty Barnes. So the fact that Scotty Barnes is A, holding up physically, and B, really starting to show some flashes of center-type things, particularly on defense, that gives me a lot of hope about where things can go from here. And I thought, honestly, Barnes was kind of the guy that turned this game around defensively in the third quarter. There was a stretch at the start of the third. He had a really, really great contest on a John Collins three. As good a contest as you'll see, like actually altered Collins's three-point arc trajectory with his contest because he's so damn long. It ended up being like a high-arcing rainbow that had no chance of going down. And then he had back-to-back -back possessions where he was the drop man in the pick and roll. Actually, it was kind of – he dropped a little bit on one of them and was a little bit higher towards the, the level of the screen on the second and switched on to DeAndre Hunter, I believe. Blocked him at the rim, had another block at the rim, another time down. The first block was super funny, too, because he recovered the ball – or sorry, OG recovered the ball. And Scotty, ever the man looking ahead on the court for the guy who's open, like picked out Fred with the, hey, the, the pass is there. Like he's doing passes even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's incredible. But the fact that he's doing that stuff defensively is really nice. And really the positionality only matters on the defensive end with Scotty Barnes, right? On offense, they're going to use him a ton, ton of different ways. They can use Siakam. They can use uh, Barnes. They can use OG as screeners. And those guys all have some juice on the short roll. They're all pretty good screeners considering you know i guess in comparison to you know precious achua and chris boucher everyone's a good screener but they're good screeners relatively you can even screen with fred as a small guy obviously for pascal and those inverted pick and rolls and the positionality doesn't matter too, too much to me on the offensive end the offense will come along it's not been great for this lineup so far right now they have 104.9 offensive rating overall a minus 1.7 overall net rating by the way they went into last night's game with a minus 5.9 net rating. So they improved it by more than four points per 100 possessions by being a plus 11 over their 18 minutes last night. They were really damn good, really effective, and really on a string. And again, on offense, they can kind of all do it. And we saw this come to bear in the late portion of this game in crunch time where, yeah, the Raptors maybe don't necessarily have a truly defined, like, that's our closer Although I think Pascal Siakam is pretty damn good at it. And I feel pretty good about Siakam getting a shot off or getting a shot for somebody in a late game situation. He draws so much damn attention. He's just a puppet master out there. And we saw it come to bear in the late going of this game where OG got that big dagger three off of the attention that Siakam received on a drive. And then, of course, uh, OG knocks that down to go 104-100. Gary Trent Jr. hit a massive three as well, also off of a Siakam drive and the attention that he demands. And I think it's working. The formula here 
makes a lot of sense. And I'm not thrilled if I'm an opposing coach of figuring out, okay, who are we guarding on this big time clutch play? Like this is difficult to figure out because all these guys can score. Scotty Barnes is the touch inside. Obviously Fred Van Vliet can score from 35 feet away whenever he wants to bust out those melons. And we know what Pascal Siakam has been doing, by the way, Siakam's finishing around the basket last night through contact around contests was insane. It was like as good as we've ever seen it from him. He was really impressive last night, but overall that, that late game offense, I think it works because like the, the, the sort of sacrifices that a defense has to make aren't exactly ones that you're thrilled about making. Oh, we're going to send extra help towards Fred or Pascal at the top of the pick and roll and open ourselves up to a wide open OG and an OB or Gary Trent jr. Three, not exactly something you're thrilled about. Are you going to, you know, go send two to the ball and have Pascal work the short roll? Probably not something you want to do. Scotty Barnes, obviously, is always lurking around for those easy sort of garbage buckets within the flow of the offense. I just think there's a lot to really be excited about with the way this lineup is working. We're seeing in crunch time, the numbers are bearing out as well. After last night, the Raptors are now a 112.7 offensive rating, 106.2 defensive rating, plus 6.5 net rating in crunch time. They have played the fifth most crunch time minutes in the league at 105, and they are number 10 in overall net rating, which is really good stuff. They're a far cry from the Phoenix Suns ridiculous plus 44.7 net rating. My God, Chris Paul, you monster, but they are very much in the mix of the better teams in the league when it comes to late game offense. And I think it's because while they lack that central heliocentric star, they got a lot of other stuff going on and they've got a lot of guys who can potentially finish off plays. And that is really nice to see. You know, we'll talk about Gary Trent Jr. later. He's, of course, a big part of that. He's incredible. And again, you got to keep in mind, this group has played 11 games together so far. 11 games. That is not a lot of games for any group of players to get acclimated, let alone one that has two guys who really didn't play with the main three core guys who have been around last season. Trent was around for like 10 games, got hurt. Those guys were all out of the lineup as well. Scotty Barnes, obviously brand new, and we're starting to see it's coming together. The defense looks really strong. Last night, they had a 76.3 defensive rating in this game against the Hawks in their 18 minutes. And I think, you know, we should probably see their overall net rating tick back up here. Again, they were kind of hurt by some noise early on in the season. It's only been 11 games, only been 178 minutes. Somehow it's still the Raptors' most used lineup already. And I think we should see a pretty decent uptick there. And if the starting five is what it is, and it's been built this way, boy, oh boy, they don't seem like they're too far away from being a really, really good team. If they can fill out the roster, get these guys some help, keep them from having to play 40 freaking minutes again, which a bunch of guys once again did once again did after that marathon Miami Heat game we will dig into that and the reasons why it continues to be hammered home this Raptors team has got to add something to the deadline they have to do something to help out this core group of five guys because they are damn excellent we will dig into that in just one second here but first I want to tell you about our friends over at TurboTax look tax season's here it's uh, no one likes it it's it's a terrifying and confusing time for everybody and let me tell you for me as a freelance broadcaster who does the podcast, who does some other stuff, who does other broadcasting elements, who does some writing. I have like all these different streams of income coming in and it's not, it's pretty modest. Let's be true. Let's be honest about it. I'm, it's not like I'm pulling in uh, Fred Van Vliet money or anything like that, but it's all coming from different sources. And so my taxes are a nightmare until however, I discovered TurboTax and TurboTax is what makes things interesting for you as a person with complicated taxes. There's lots of different ways TurboTax can help you out. We all have got unique lives and whether you're invested in crypto for the first time this year, whether you own an up and coming small business, whether you're an insane freelancer like me, 
you have TurboTax and they have the experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to TurboTax live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax live experts are here to help you however you need. And if you need an extra hand, hands on hand your taxes off to them and they will do it all for you to TurboTax live experts an interesting life can mean an even greater refund visit turbotax.com to learn more that's how you do your you do your thing they've got your taxes into it turbotax live go check them out it's the time of year to meet our friends at TurboTax. And today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need, A, and especially to stock choices of the parts you need. So you're just paying the one price that they're saying, hey, this is what this part costs. You got to pay for it. Deal with it. That is not the way it should be. There should be options. There should be choice, baby. And of course, rockauto.com is here to provide that choice for you where they can you can save a ton of money on the parts you need for your car. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is 350 bucks on average from your regular chain store or dealership, 216 bucks at rockauto.com. That's 140 bucks almost that you can save to spend on things that are not your car. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and their prices are the same for do-it-yourselfers and professionals. And they've got everything you might need from brake parts and tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpets, the important stuff, the aesthetic stuff, everything in between. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts need and take back the control from the stupid dealership who's always just going to try to charge you top dollar when they should not be. It's not It's not good. It's not ethical, baby. Uh, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on there had you here but it's boxes that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com go check our pals out all right let's continue on here with your first listen of the day and dive into the thing that i've been hammering home for a while now but only grows more true day by day the Raptors got to add at the deadline man they're nine days away from the deadline now i'm sure plenty of talks have been going on but boy, it's really hard not to have your sort of view of this team changed by what we've seen recently. Again, they're 3-1 and one in their last four, beating the Hornets, beating the Hawks, and beating the Heat. Three pretty good teams, almost beating the Bulls as well without Fred Van Vliet. They're on a nice little run here. And again, that starting five is only going to coalesce more and congeal further. And you would think become a really, really excellent recipe for success for the Raptors. When they throw that lineup out there, it has the makings of one of those types of cheat code lineups where it's like, well, what the hell are you supposed to do with this lineup? It's really hard to figure out, especially when they're locked in on the defensive end. And for me, if you just sort of boil it down, you're looking at a team right now that has Pascal Siakam, who is playing like an all NBA player right now. He's definitely been top 20 in the NBA since he kind of turned things around and it's maybe been top 15. He's been that good. Fred Van Vliet, of course, has had a fringe all NBA case all season long. He should be on the all-star team. He's playing like a top 20 to 25 player as well. You've got OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. OG is playing really quietly some solid basketball right now. He's been an excellent catch-and-shoot guy. He's a guy who's filling in as like a part-time creator when the other guys need some help. Mixed results there, but glad to see him getting those reps at the very least. And, of course, you're seeing Gary Trent Jr. just bomb away from everywhere on the floor, scoring incredibly efficiently and timely as well. And you're seeing those guys play like top 50 players right now. Plus, you throw in the fact that you've got Scotty Barnes, who is a wonderkind and who and one, and one day, two, three years from now even, could be the best player on the team if all things go to plan. 
you're looking at a team that fits the profile of a buyer. There are very few teams that have four top 50 players or thereabouts and an ascendant rookie who they want to build around who are not going all in or not at least buying that into their team. And I do think that the sort of calculus for me on how the Raptors go about building this team has changed because of how good all of their core guys have been. They've all been ahead of schedule this year. They have all made steps that were unexpected in some way or expected, but still have maybe been even a little bit more impressive than expected or than you would have anticipated beforehand. OG might be the one guy who's kind of hit expectations and not surpassed them, but still hitting expectations is not nothing. And he's averaging 19 a game while offering incredible defense pretty damn good player to have as your third or fourth best player or whatever, however you want to order the, the rank of the team. I think he's the third best player, but either way, when you have that collection of guys, when you have a, a, a roster that is full of guys who are, you know, potentially going to get better as well, in particular, Scotty Barnes, Gary Treadier and OG Ananobi, I don't know how you could look at this team and say anything other than, yeah, we should add to this team and help bolster things forward. And again, I think my assumed sort of path for this team was, Oh, they're going to draft Scotty Barnes, and they've got all of these very sort of movable contracts. they got no clear number one on the roster. They'll eventually trade for that number one whenever the opportunity strikes, and they'll have a pretty compelling package. They've got all their first-round picks still available, and they've got all these very movable, young, interesting players that other teams might say, hey, we're moving on from a superstar. That's the kind of guy we want to bring in here to potentially fill in the gaps and move forward with. Could be Siakam, could be Ananobi, could be Trent, could be Barnes. Hell, if it's like some super-duper uber-star, that's probably not off the table as well. Either way, it seemed like the Raptors were looking towards that sort of build, slow build, wait to be opportunistic and make a trade. I don't know if that's necessarily the only path now. It's certainly one path, but the other path that I'm kind of seeing come into, into vision here is you've got Scotty Barnes on a rookie deal. You've got OG on a super affordable contract. You've got Siakam at least for two more years, and you've got Van Vliet through the end of next year probably getting a big extension. I would imagine Gary Trent Jr. is also going to get an extension. And then we're probably talking about the team looking at the luxury tax, which by that point, you're probably okay with because that team might actually have a real puncher's chance if the development for Barnes continues, which obviously is a big thing here. But of course, we've talked at length about why we're so bullish here at Locked On Raptors Incorporated, why we're so bullish on Scotty Barnes becoming something resembling the best player on this team. Is he a 1A with Siakam one day? Is he a, a, a number two? Whatever it might be, he's going to be a huge, huge core part of this team. And so if you have this group of Barnes, who could be a potential number one, Siakam, who's playing like a number one right now, maybe is not in a perfect circumstance, but is playing like it at the moment. You've got Van Vliet, you've got Ananobi, you've got Trent. Why not? Add around that team now. Find some pieces you can plug in as sort of ascendant deep bench players in addition to the guys you already have. Like Delano Banton, Justin Champagne, I think, are probably going to be in line to be part of this team in some way, shape, or form next year, two years down the road. Maybe Malachi Flynn, although it doesn't seem like the Raptors are going to go give him any more rope after you know, you know one bad performance after one good one. Uh, <laughs> tough, tough sledding for Malachi Flynn, but there's already this sort of beginnings of a deep bench like that sort of shadow core the Raptors have had in the past and if you can go ahead and add a piece or two at this deadline to supplement that second unit offer a little bit more support to the starting five so they're not playing 7,000 minutes a game and really just set up an, an ecosystem a structure where that five-man group can thrive and grow together play off of one another learn each other a little bit more get more than 11 games of experience together I think you're looking at a team that could potentially become the contender we all want them to be within two or three years without having to make some sort of big swing. Again, a lot is contingent on Scotty Barnes 
making that leap and growing and becoming a better player and becoming a guy who is a foundational piece. But if that happens, I don't know if you necessarily have to hoard all of your assets for the future of some kind of trade that could come across because you might be looking at a team that can actually contend with the pieces it has in-house two or three years from now. And if that's the case, I think you got to go about trying to maximize this rookie contract for Scotty Barnes. You've got the good players around him. This is not some sort of long, slow burn of a rebuild where you're like the Hawks or you're like the Magic and you're just assembling a bunch of guys and hoping they can kind of form a team. Maybe you have some guys who end up on the odds being outside outside looking in, like Cam Reddish, for example, in the Hawks situation. That might happen. This is not what the Raptors are about, though. They were already a pretty decent team before COVID sent them into a necessary tank last season. They were forced into their tank last year. I think all things considered, they were like the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference when things went to shit, and they would have continued on just fine, I think, had they continued and not gotten struck by COVID for an entire month, and it totally derailed their season. So this is a team with already established guys who are good now. They've got Scotty Barnes who can be better in the future and is already good now. Why not go and potentially part with some of those future assets, those extra first round picks you have, not extra, but they have all their own. You know, you could in theory trade those for a star down the road, but what if you got guys now that help this team kind of flourish and grow and get that sort of incubation period a little bit set up, set more set up to be successful, right? If you've got all the different ingredients, you've got extra shooting off the bench, you've got all these different pieces to help supplement and take away minutes from the guys who are being overtaxed right now. That to me is just as viable a path forward as waiting for an opportunistic trade, not being super worried about where you're ending up and just having guys you can flip maybe the time to get rolling is now. And so I think at the deadline, it's clear. The Raptors got to do something to help this group out. They can't keep playing these minutes. It's unsustainable. Without a doubt, we're seeing Fred Van Vliet shooting kind of tail off. That can't be a coincidence considering the minutes he's played. I can't believe Pascal Siakam is maintaining this level on both ends of the floor despite all the minutes he's playing. He's freaking superhuman. But you got to get some help in here. And I do think I'm a little bit more open now. You know, I talked about how I'm okay attaching a first-round pick to Drogic. I'd attach like future first round picks from like 25, 26, if, if really, really necessary. If there's someone out there you really, really want, and that's going to be the tiebreaker in an offer, I might even go there at this point because I think this group of five is worth banking on. And, you know, if you're going to just let them ride out the season and burn themselves out in the, the quest for the seventh seed, you know, I don't know if that's a totally great use of this season. We've seen it. Actually, our pal Jamar Hines over at Raptors Republic made this point. He wrote about how all the reps in these close games against good teams are only going to help this team going forward. And that is the whole reason why you push for the playoffs as a young team. Get experience in tough games, even if they're not playoff games. Some of these games have certainly had playoff level intensity. I think of that Dallas game, that Heat game. These games are the types of games that help bring teams together, that help them fold, you know, fold all these different skill sets and personalities into one really dynamic package. And the more games you get like that, the more there's like sort of stakes for the regular season all the way down the stretch, even if it ends up in a play-in or whatever it might be, I think that's worth really investing in and trying to ensure that you're best set up for that stretch run, regardless of where the end point is. This team is worth it. They're, they're really good, man. This five-man group is awesome. I can't get over how much they rule. And so that's kind of my spiel. I'm done like uh, waxing poetic on it. You've heard me do this a million times. We'll talk about trade stuff as we go forward here as well. Uh, Corbin Ford is going to hop on a wonderful Spurs podcaster. He's going to be on for a segment tomorrow. We're going to dig into Yaka Pertle, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, potentially guys the Raptors could po poach from the Spurs. 
There'll be more trade stuff over the next course of the over the course of the next week as well. Um, but yeah, this this five man group is awesome. And actually, on the note of the five man group coming up later this week on Thursday, Lewis Zatzman from Raptors Public is going to join, and we're going to dig into our favorite. We're going to let power rank the pick and roll combos that is possible that are possible within the Raptors starting five. That should be fun and should be some good propaganda of how how good the starting five can be. So that's where we're at with that. I'm going to leave the trade talk for now, and we're going to talk about Gary Trent Jr., who's just a freaking delight. That's coming up in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our pals over at betonline.net. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season from scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022, and it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline is where the game starts. Go check them out if you are gambling inclined. All right, let's round out your first listen of the day with your dude of the game, the way we close out every episode of Locked On Raptors. And your dude of the game today is Gary Trent Jr. Four straight games for Gary Trent Jr., over 30 points. He had 31 last night, 9 of 15 from three. And I was listening into Samson Folks, Raptors Republic uh, reaction podcast, and he made a really good point about how the second half was kind of peak Gary Trent Jr., where he really kind of came into form as that catch and shoot threat that is going to be devastating in transition when he leaks out and finds those corners with those big, hulking, fast forwards looking up and, and having their heads up. They're going to find Trent a lot in those situations. We've seen a few of them in the last two games alone. Uh, of course, he has just been a, a delight in terms of shot making. And in that second half, he kind of did the best of both worlds, right? Most of the part, most of the time he was off the ball, but those few moments where you need those flourishes of on-ball creation, he can sort of provide it. And, and it's just been really, really fun to watch him kind of cook and go off. He's exactly the type of player I love. I tweeted this a couple of days ago, and I don't do this lightly. He's everything I thought Terrence Ross could be. It's really, really difficult for me to say. I love Terrence Ross, but my God. Gary Trent Jr. is just like a whole new version of what that type of player is. It's like my favorite archetype of player, the heat checking dude who just doesn't care. And sometimes it'll get you in some trouble, okay? Like we saw this last night at the end of the first half. The Raptors are down nine. They're kind of losing the thread a little bit. And Gary Trent Jr. gets the ball after a steal and puts up a mid-range contested shot with 16 on the clock with nobody around him, no offense set up whatsoever. Shot clock is off. That was a little too much Gary for my liking. But then at the end of the very next quarter, you get like the horniest two for one that anyone's ever seen in the form of Gary Trent Jr. hitting a three. They go back the other way. I think they get a steal. And then Gary Trent Jr. sizes up and hits just like a hilarious falling away contested three to close the third quarter. They go up 80 to 72 as opposed to 74 72 than it was. 30 seconds prior to this outbreak and man, just a really, really well-timed bit of that sort of extra pop that Gary Trent Jr. can provide in addition to the regular standard standstill catch and shoot that he's offering in a pretty damn good fashion as well. And look, I don't want to get too hyperbolic here. I, you know, every time someone has a good stretch, you don't have to go and say, oh, he's going to be this player. I'm not out here saying that I think Gary Trent Jr. is going to be Bradley Beal or Devin Booker as much as Gary Beal is a funny tweet to read. 
I don't think that's happening. He doesn't have the playmaking. He doesn't have the ability to get to the rim, of course. It's always an adventure when Gary Trent Jr. tries to go to the rim. He's had a couple of good flourishes lately. He's pretty strong and kind of bulldozes his way there, but also he doesn't have a ton of ups. He's not really finishing through contact terribly well. And there's a reason he's kind of made all these counters in the mid-range. Obviously, he, you know, if he gets inside eight feet, it's kind of a little bit dicey. But outside of that eight-foot range, he's comfortable. He's got the feet set. He's squared at all times to the basket. And that's why those mid-range shots are so valuable for him because it's really his only way of getting shots off inside the arc on a consistent basis. And you need those shots. Again, sometimes he can get a little bit carried away. Sometimes he can get a little bit too Gary Trent Jr. in the interest of you know successful on-court basketball. But at the same time, give me some heat checks. I don't really care. It's awesome. Uh, it's just, it's an absolute thrilling thing to watch. And, you know, he's just so perfectly at home in this lineup as well because of all the attention Siakam garners, because of the attention Fred Van Vliet garners, because there's two other, in theory, knockdown shooters on the floor as well. So you can't just sell out to stop Gary Trent Jr. because OG is going to be open or Fred's going to be open. Like, it's just a really difficult thing for teams to figure out this sort of maniac who's in the background of this collection of weirdos this guy's just flying around knocking down catch and shoots and you know creating for himself from time to time as well and it's a difficult difficult thing for opposing teams to account for and again there's no reason there's no surprise that the raptors offense is at its best when gary trent jr is on the floor and at its worst when he's off that those numbers still hold up and it, it it's it, like entirely holds up with the eye test as well he is not their best offensive player. He is not their best scorer or even necessarily. Well, he might be in sort of short bursts. I would still take Siakam probably as a guy I would trust to get 25 a night. But I think he just is such a perfect complement to the guys they have on this team. The way he's played defense. And, you know, it's tailed off a little bit. He's not been the sort of steals hockey was at the start of the season. But he continues to be rock solid on that end. He's not doing anything terribly damaging. And he's coming back on the other end with just shot making that this sort of moribund half-court offense desperately needs we love some gary trend jr here on this podcast and uh you know he's getting a lot of easy looks too man like the looks he's getting from siakam and fred like i don't think this is like some terribly unsustainable run of shooting for gary trend jr yeah nine of 15 is a little much but you know he's around 39 percent where he's been his entire career from three this is not anything new he's getting good looks off of good players which is kind of what made him successful in portland to begin with so uh, very exciting stuff from Gary Trent Jr. We love Gary Trent Jr. here on this podcast. This is a pro Gary Trent Jr., pro heat check, pro maniac shooting podcast. And uh, that is going to do it for today's episode of the show. Go get some help for this team, man. I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I, I've said it a million times. I'll keep on saying it until next Thursday. This team deserves a little bit of help because they are really fun pretty damn good and could be quite scary if they get just get a little bit of reprieve and don't have to play like imagine these guys playing 34 minutes a game doing the bud thing and not having to play all of the minutes imagine how spry and mean they'll be on defense just go do it man uh anyway that's gonna do it thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode please go subscribe to the podcast for free and all your favorite podcast apps you can also check out the show on YouTube, you can see my face every single day. Why would you not want to do that? Even if you're not going to watch every day, please just go subscribe to help with the numbers, boost the stats, all that good stuff. And then, of course, uh, please go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Bets is our friends over at Locked on Bets. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling are giving you all the info you might need ahead of your betting weekend. It's, of course, the Super Bowl is coming up very soon. 
I've heard people like to throw money down on the Super Bowl. So go and listen to uh, your boy Q and Lee Sterling as they help you figure all that out and get you squared away ahead of the big game. Uh, and with that, we will wrap up the show. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Corbin Ford will be on the show. We'll recap Raptors Heat. That'll be a great time. That's all coming up on the next episode of Locked on Raptors. Until then, bye-bye.